Everybody joining me now on the football report is Bill Bender, national college football writer for the Sporting News. Uh, Bill, thanks for taking the time out, a busy time, and uh, being on the show this week. Hey, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, it's always fun to talk to you about college football, and I guess just jump into it. Uh, SEC Media Days, you were there this past week, and that's my first question is just how much different is it being there in Atlanta versus when it was at Hoover? Uh, you know, I, I thought it was fun. Uh, Atlanta was cool. Um, anybody that had been to the College Football Hall of Fame got to check that out. It was really awesome. You know, the SEC is always first class in how they handle this media day event with access and those kind of things. I do like the small town appeal of Birmingham and, and Hoover because I'm from a small town myself. So um, it'll be good to have it back in Hoover next year. But as far as Atlanta went, yeah, it was a great event. Great, uh, it, you know, I would say – Coaches wise, uh, everybody's pretty buttoned up. But uh, in terms of the show and the and the uh, you know pageantry of the event, the SEC always does this very well. You know, the first thing that really stuck out to me for for media days was opening day with Commissioner Sankey, and something that I've always thought that the SEC needs to do. Well, I, okay, here's my thing. I think all college football, the Big Five conference, should play a nine game conference schedule and eliminate the FCS games. Uh, he was asked about that. He defended the SEC's way, SEC ways of scheduling. But uh, where do you stand on that? Should the SEC be bumping up to a nine-game conference schedule like it seems like everybody else has seemed to be doing? Well, I think it's an either-or. I think you either go to a nine-game conference schedule like uh, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the Big 10, or you elim- they should eliminate FCS opponents. I mean, that's the one I think most people get hung up on when they see Alabama playing Citadel. And uh, – you know, some of those FCS schools that end up getting played against SEC teams late in the season. So um, I would do one or the other. I, the only caution I have against the nine-game schedule, and, you know, it's better out the Big Ten the last few years, is, you know, yeah, you can play nine games in conference or whatever, but um, Big Ten champion hasn't made the playoff the last two years, and they switched that nine-game schedule in 2016. So it's just kind of one of those be careful what you wish for type deals. Yeah, and I guess for me, it's like you look at the SEC. There's so many great matchups. We have to wait like 12 years just to see like uh, Alabama, Georgia in the regular season, and Alabama's crossover matchups this upcoming season is Missouri and Tennessee. You'd kind of like to see a little bit better crossover with Alabama from the other side of the conference too. Yeah, and I, that's the one thing that hit home. I mean, all these traditional rivalries in the SEC. I, I didn't even think of it that way till they brought it up. That like. For example, Georgia wouldn't play in Tuscaloosa in the regular season the one time in every 12 years. And I think that kind of drove it home for me because you have that crossover game, you have a protected one, and I get it. But um, you know, some of those traditional rivalries that you and I grew up with, you don't see nearly enough. And, I mean, that's not a knock on Missouri or, or Vanderbilt or whatever, but I think we just grew up seeing a different conference. That, all, that however, also is kind of one of those – consequences of when you go to a 14 team league when you go you know there's talk of teams going to a 16 team league i mean the the more we do that um the, the less you know that's that's going to take away from some of the traditions of college football no doubt yeah it's like for me i also remember auburn and florida would play every single year now that's another matchup you don't see but you know like you said once 10 to 11 12 years uh a big storyline that came out of media day i guess one we didn't expect was a uh, Aaron Murray versus uh, Jeremy Pruitt, a lot of conversation on both sides of that. I guess 
my question though is on it is is this in your opinion is this just Aaron Murray sticking up for his former coach or is there maybe some questions about Jeremy Pruitt if he is fit or he can be successful at a head coach's t- at Tennessee? Well, uh, I mean he's going to be under the microscope. I mean that was one of the things with Jeremy Pruitt. He's not Butch Jones. He's a lot different than Butch Jones, and you know he's very southern, and and that's for for from a northern guy like me that that definitely stands out. But you know I, I think. He was a great defensive coordinator under Nick Saban. He's a very intense guy, good recruiter, those kind of things. And, you know, kind of, a, you know, one of those disciplinarian types. And that's exactly what Tennessee needs now. I think, uh, you know, obviously the way that coaching search went was not good. But for them, Tennessee to somehow come up with Jeremy Pruitt through all of that is interesting. So, obviously, I think the next part of that is you're going to have to win some football games. You have to go out and perform and, and, you know, get Tennessee back up to a standard that is very unrealistic. So, you know, as for the back and forth, I mean, that's that's two guys with opinions, and that's how that's always going to go. Yeah, and you know, for me, it just seems like the SEC just works better when you have the West, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and over in the East when it's Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. When those six are all good, I think the SEC works at its best. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, and those are a lot. The most is that you mentioned all the schools that you know won, and with the exception of Georgia, of course. But uh, five of those schools won BCS championships, and you know they've kind of carried the conference through its best decade. And that, you're absolutely right that when those schools are good, the rivalries are heated. It's a good thing. And um, you know, I think the interesting part about it from the East is Georgia does have quite a head start because Tennessee and Florida, I think, are going to have good futures uh, especially florida with dan mullen but it, it is a year of transition it is a year where i think there's an opportunity for south carolina to make some noise with will muschamp and jake bentley and the team they've got coming back but uh you know we'll see um and uh that like you said though i mean the big Ten's the same way when, when it's got its michigan's and ohio states and penn state at the top that's what it wants because the ratings will good, be good behind it yeah, and I think a team that wants to be in that conversation with the SEC is Texas A&M, of course, bringing in Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I, I had forgot how fast he talks when I was watching his uh, his presser up there. But uh, with A&M, how far and do you think he is the guy that can get them into that conversation of the SEC elite? A&M, well, I think, you know, if you put down, he said the timetable's now. I remember him saying that on the podium. And, yes, he is the uh, – fastest talking coach in the FBS. I knew that from Coverman in his Florida State days. But um, I think a recruiting cycle or two, I do know that they paid a lot of money for him. And they gave him the plaque with the, the blank date for the national championship. And, you know, that's the standard at A&M. And that's a good thing because I think Jimbo Fisher, one of four coaches with a national championship, um, can bring that there. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's interesting that he's taking the Saban machine head on. But um, I think within two to three years, they're probably going to be the best challenger for Alabama if that recruiting continues in the big state of Texas. You know, and you mentioned Dan Mullen. Of course, you got Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, we mentioned him. Just of the new coaches, uh, who are you most impressed by at Media Days? I think Joe Moorhead. I think guy came in, and, you know, he's a northerner too. And, you know, he, he was maybe jokes, but I think he's quirky. He's a guy that his offensive, you know, ideas will do well. He's getting an experienced quarterback coming off an injury in Nick Fitzgerald. 
think that's going to work out nicely. I just know, that, you know, from watching his work at Penn State the last two years, he's a good guy, knows what he's doing, and um, yeah, I think that's going to make Mississippi State that much more interesting. There's also an opportunity for them, you know, an experienced team, big lineman. Um, maybe the other team that challenges Alabama a little bit, and I know their fans certainly the expectations are even though Dan Mullen left, they haven't changed. They're, they're ready to go. They, they think that they can do that. So that's a good thing. Yeah, do you think – I mean, how much different do you think the offense may look with him – with his offense versus Dan Mullins? Um, you, you'll notice in the passing game, I think. that That's where it will make a difference. Um, not saying, you know, with, with Fitzgerald, he's got that kind of Tebow skill set where, you know, he can run a little bit, but he, he also will – you know, short game passing, but I think the passing scheme under Moorhead is more of a, it's spread, but it's also based on a lot of West Coast principles. You'll see the receivers catching the ball on the move, um, and it, it's fun to watch. So, I think if Nick Fitzgerald, you know, if he's as accurate as he, he has to be accurate in the scheme, and if he is, Mississippi State's going to score a lot of points. He's going to put up big numbers, and I think it'll even take a little bit of pressure off him running the football, and if all those things happen, their offense is going to be really good. And, uh, you know, we talked about coaches. Were there any players that really stood out to you, what they had to say? I think just the quarterbacks, you know. The SEC's got a lot of good quarterbacks, you know, whether it's Drew Locke or, uh, you know, Jarrett Stidham, Jake Bentley. Um, you know, I talked about Nick Fitzgerald a little bit. I think Stidham's a guy that's interesting. I, I didn't realize he's as big as he is. He's a big, he's a big kid. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see – how he responds because it's a big year for Auburn. You know, as Gus Malavon said, they're close, but uh, close doesn't, you know, get you there in the SEC. And for him to do that, I, I think Jared Stidham is going to have to have a big year. Yeah, and I want to transition over to Auburn because it's just like for everybody, it's Alabama and Georgia. That's who everybody's expecting. We want to, we're going to see those two play in Atlanta in the SEC Championship. Auburn looked at that third team. Are they far off from Alabama and Georgia? I mean, as I said, and you just mentioned, how close are they to those two? Well, I mean, they were the best, Auburn was the best team in the country at home last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the season didn't end how they wanted, but, I mean, obviously the challenges will be different this year. They lost a couple of running backs. They lost a couple of interior guys. Um, you know, and then they have to go to Alabama and Georgia this year, and that's – uh, that's a tall task, but you know Gus Malzahn took that head on. I, I know they are probably seen as the third team, but I think you know, Mississippi State's in that conversation. Uh, South Carolina's probably in that conversation, especially because they played Georgia early. I think LSU is interesting with Joe Burrow. Um, you know that could change the outlook on them real fast if he goes out and lights up Miami. So SEC's got those teams that you talked about. Most of the teams that they want to be good are going to be good. And I think Mississippi State and South Carolina are kind of the sleeper teams behind it. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm with you on the whole thing. And that's, I guess that's been a major criticism of mine of Auburn under Gus Malzahn is Auburn can look like one of the best teams in the country. His whole tenure there at home, at Jordan-Hare, maybe one of the best home field advantages in the entire country. But when they get away from Jordan-Hare, they just look sometimes average. Yeah, I mean, and that's the consistency, you know, you're looking for out of the program. They're one of the hardest programs to read because, um, you know, they, they have obviously won two SEC West championships, an SEC championship under Gus Malzahn, but they've also had three years in between that were very, 
inconsistent, you know? So I think that's the next step for that program to show a little more consistency on a year in year out basis. I know that's hard to do when you got to play Alabama, but uh, that's the world they live in. And, you know, once again, good transition. You're, you're helping me out here. We're going over to Alabama now. Uh, I look at the schedule and I was thinking, you know, I, I don't like to get on people with their schedules because, you know, you can't help it. You play who's in front of you. But their schedule can be looked at as not as difficult until you maybe get to Auburn. Before Auburn, is is there someone that can challenge Alabama in the regular season to prevent them from even getting to Atlanta? I mean, they'd have to lose two, and I don't think they're going to lose two. I think they're going to, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's just the way it is. I mean, somebody might beat Alabama, but – I don't unless they lose two regular season games. That's the surest. That's the only proven way out of the playoff so far. You know, we're entering year five. A two loss team has not made the playoff. It adds up. You got to win your games, and Alabama knows how to kind of do it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they lose to Mississippi State and Auburn, yeah, they'll be out. They do have to go to LSU. That's not an easy game. So, we'll see how it goes. But um, you know, Alabama's got a loaded team back. A lot of young playmakers. Obviously. It, quarterback controversy of sorts um but basically they have two good quarterbacks so uh, they're going to be hard to beat again in 2018 yeah i guess that's where i'll close it with the quarterback thing just you know you're just looking at it how do you see the two versus jalen thing playing out well if i guess i think you know nick saban will try to massage this as best he can and play both and you know it won't matter who takes the first snap against louisville they're going to win that game i think it'll matter when which quarterback does he choose when they get in a push to come to the shove moment where, where they've got to come through? And I think it'll be Tua. I think Tua will be the guy that they play more. I don't know. I think the answer about Jalen Hurts off Dennis Dodd's question was very telling, um, where he said he didn't even know if he'd be there. And, you know, there's a lot of work. I think eventually one of those two quarterbacks will transfer and it'll probably be Jalen Hurts. But this, I, especially because you keep in mind, Tua's brother's coming too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think uh, that's an important factor to consider. Yeah, well, when you like you said, you got two good quarterbacks. So I guess that's not a bad problem to have. If that's your worst issue, then uh, you're, you're doing pretty good as a program uh, right there at Alabama. But uh, Bill, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun talking college football, talking SEC media days with you. Uh, like once again, appreciate you taking the time out your busy schedule right now to come on the show and talk SEC media days. And uh, if the listeners wanted to follow you online, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at Bill Bender 92 You can follow all of our content on Sporting News. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, and I appreciate talking to you because I know that that lets me know that it's a little bit closer to the season. Um, I'm excited. I'm always excited about college football. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can do this a few more times during the year. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I look forward to uh, doing this again and I'll talk to you sometime down the road. And once again, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, Bill. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm.